Welcome to the Happy Client Show. This is the weekly podcast dedicated to helping inbound agencies master the art of truly delighting their clients. This episode is brought to you by Do Inbound, the project and process management platform built by an agency for agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Andrew. Guys, welcome back to the Happy Client Show, or as we're saying for the rest of this season, only you can prevent forest fires. I am your firefighter host, Ben Butler, and I'm joined here in studio, coffee in hand, by my co-host and fellow firefighter, Andrew Dimsky. Andrew, how you doing? Ben, I'm doing good. This is like an unsexy topic to talk about. Everyone wants to get excited about sales and about growing and about new retainer business. But at the end of the day, you've got to service that retainer business, and that takes a lot of freaking work. If this was easy, hey, everyone would be winning when it comes to client relationships. But client fires are a big deal. They happen in the agency world all the time, and putting systems in place to help prevent these client fires before they even happen can go a long way to making your life as an agency owner or an agency team member a whole lot better. Yeah, and so – As you could probably figure out, that's what we're talking about for season three here. And although you might not be able to prevent every instance of fires, uh, you could do a lot. And I would would put this out there. You could probably prevent 98% of your client fires just by knowing what they are and putting some steps in place. And again, to define a client fire because that you know, you probably have an idea of what that means, but here is a very specific snapshot. A client fire is a conflict that catches in a partnership. Every fire starts somewhere and most in client relationships start small and where you can't see them. And so this concept of a, a, a small fire is a really dangerous one. Two things, a small fire left in a place where you can't see has the ability and the opportunity to consume and to get Bigger. And so we need to be very smart about preventing and catching fires early in the process so that they don't get big enough, don't burn our team or take down our entire agency because, you know, one client fire could quickly spiral and affect another client. Just like, you know, if a townhouse erupts in flames, well, the whole block is susceptible to going down. And so prevention is not only something that smart agency owners have to do, but really if you want to be an ethical business owner and protect yourself and the people who rely on you, your team members, and just to be a thought leader here, you need to do prevention. And that's what we're diving in here today is all about that prevention. Let's go. All right. So here are five prevention techniques. Number one, take on the right client's Andrew, you have to stop me. I'm about to get up on my soapbox. So will you take <laughs> over this point for me? Yeah, you got to – not every client is a good client, you know, and the client's not always right when you bring them on. That's one of the big points we like to make here on the podcast. You need to identify who is the best fit prospect for your agency. And then through the sales process, don't waste your time talking to people who don't fit that profile. Bring on the right type of client for you. And what I've found and what Ben and I have experienced firsthand in the trenches as we've worked to grow our agency guava box is that the bigger the company, the better the client. Small mom and pop shops, specifically the ones who the only person you're working with is the president, are a pain in the neck. And we, we've we heard this from agency owner after agency owner over on inbound agency journey, you know, you need to attract the right type of client. And typically the bigger the retainer size, the easier they are to work with. 
And it can take some courage to kind of work up to the point where you're selling those bigger retainers. But trust me, once you get up to that level, it's a whole lot easier to work with those folks than it is the smaller mom and pop shops. And what I think is if you're in a position where you know, you're working with, say, a realtor and the realtor is paying you out of commissions that would be their paycheck or you're working with a small business owner who is paying you before they're paying themselves. If you're ever in a position where you're taking your retainer check out of the pocket of your client, that's a red flag situation. You want to be working with the types of clients who have a marketing budget, who are planning to grow and who are planning to scale. So perhaps changing the caliber of client that you work with is the first step in changing kind of your forecast and changing the types of situations that you put yourself in. So preventing these things before they even start by bringing on the right clients is the first step here. The second step is setting the right expectations in the sales process. And Ben, this is something that a lot of folks struggle with is, you know, they want to just sell happy all through the sales process, but not address the work that needs done. Can you highlight how expectations influence client fires? Yeah. And we uh, we intentionally are going to not dive in too, too, too deep here because I don't want to take any lightning away from our boys, Gray and Ryan over there at the Inbound Sales Journey. They talk a lot about how to set expectations as an agency, but definitely we should highlight this. And you're right, too many sales teams, they focus on the happy, but you have to be extremely likable, but extremely realistic and upfront. The more upfront you can be in the sales process, the better the relationship is going to be because you know this is the traditional method and the traditional stereotype some salespeople do anything they possibly can to sell the project and by that point you know they have promised the moon and then the project management team steps into the relationship and they have to go get them either find themselves a giant anti-gravity cannon to bring down <laughs> the moon or they have to you know say hey i'm sorry That's just not possible because I don't know anyone who has an anti-gravity cannon. You know what I'm saying? So if that's the sales team versus project management team relationship, if that weird analogy sums it up, then you have some big problems to fix because those relationships where they were promised the moon but can never get it are susceptible to fires from the beginning. Be setting expectations from the beginning. Talk about your processes. Talk about how you work. Talk about your best fits and prime the client for your process. You should be very upfront about your process from start to finish. And if there's any, I don't know if that's for us or that's not what we're looking for, you can vet it out right away and prevent a fire from ever entering the home. Amen. That's good stuff there. The, you know, walking them through the exact journey that they're going to walk through, having a structure in place where you're guiding your client through a prescription is is the best because if you just become a reactive agency, then you allow them to set the expectations and we don't want to do that. So great stuff there, Ben. The next point we have on the on the docket here is writing rock solid contracts. And this lines up with the expectations because you want to set the expectations first verbally about how much commitment does the client need to requ- need to bring to the table? How long should they expect to see results? What are the payment terms in terms of paying and reimbursing your agency? What are all those sort of fine print things? We want to get those out verbally so that their expectations are right before they read the contract. But then having a contract in place that clearly communicates all of these things from a legal perspective, it puts you in a a solid position. You know, I like to have a rock solid contract in place 
and so that everything is in black and white. The client knows what to expect. We know what to expect. Um, having, uh, you know, putting that contract in place, laying out the payment terms, say it's a 12 month retainer, having those things documented in there, having a documented way that the client can get out, like how if they get six months in, they're not happy. What happens then? Having those things documented in there, what happens when they want to increase the scope of work? How is that process handled? Having all these things documented inside your contract, but also using expectations through the sales process to highlight those things. Because like we say here, we don't want any client to be surprised when they read the fine print of our contracts. We want them to say, oh yeah, I heard that. Oh yeah, we talked about this. Now you might come to a point where you have a, a client who has selective hearing and they might um, <laughs> not remember going over it, but I like to go over it and then have it in the black and white so they can see it. So that before we press go, everyone's on the same page. That's huge, Ben. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things where, you know, and again, we say it a lot, but you're not a magician. I mean, magicians are awesome and, you know, they're thrilling, but not in a client relationship. Clients, business owners do not want to be surprised. They want to be wooed, but not surprised by, what do you mean there's a 3% late fee compounding interest that comes if I don't pay on time? That should be communicated you know, either I don't know if that's appropriate in the sales process, but whenever you're putting together a rock solid contract, it would be best if you sit down and say, "Hey, I would just want to go over these terms with yep. you and say, you know, here's the late fee, and we're strict on enforcing it." So, honestly, client, please don't get upset if we do this. Really, have a talk with your finance department, and sure, I might waive the first one for you, just as a a complimentary thing. But you know, if you're late consistently consistently that hurts our pipeline and so we're going to charge a late fee or here's another one you know who who is responsible for what if something goes wrong and a lot of agencies don't specify hey if something goes crazy as a result of our work you know you get sued and you know we're not responsible we're not at risk for that and we're not going to be dragged into a legal dispute you know putting if that's in your contract which i think it should be we're going to talk a lot about contracts a couple episodes from now but you want to set those things up and say, hey, here's the situation. Here's what we have outlined because that way when these situations pop up and you never know which one it's going to be, the client isn't upset. They expect it and they know it. And so rock-solid contracts are key to snapshotting and carbon copying and getting that all in stone so that you have it and you can use it as a guide in the partnership. And if it's not in the contract, you're really going to have a hard time enforcing it in the real world, which is not a place to be. No. And I would recommend putting together, like there's tons of contract templates you can find on the internet. Use those, get a framework, and then have an attorney go through it and just give you a thumbs up about your contract um, so that you you have a kind of a set of legal eyes who, who see the contract and have a chance to review it. Um, but then using that as your template. And every time you bring on a new client, have that ready to go there. But get some expert opinions on that before you just roll with it. That's going to be helpful for you there. The fourth point on our list here is setting up regular meetings, and this is one of my favorite points because it is something that you have to do. You know, if you're an inbound agency, meeting with your client on a regular basis is key to their success. If you're not talking and there's not a back and forth in communication, there's something wrong. So setting up those regular meetings where you hit on a standard agenda. Each week, we're going to work through, you know, what are the deliverables that are, that are due this week, what was published last week. What is what's what are we looking at for the next quarter? You know, those sorts of things have a standard repeatable agenda that you work through every week and just touch base chat, you know, keep the personal relationship alive with your client and 
build on that each week. So this is a great way to smoke, to get out these fires early on in the process before anything becomes too big of a deal. The fifth point here is over-communicate. And Ben, this is something that you are really, really good at. When you're managing a client project, you're a really good over-communicator. Can you share with folks what does it mean to over-communicate and what are some tangible examples of how you've seen that be helpful in the past? Yeah, absolutely. I, there's an example just from recently here. I'm currently dealing with a pretty complex uh, client request. It's in the contract. It's something that's being dealt with. And you know, it's something that the expectation was set. Hey, this is going to be difficult. It's going to take X amount of time or more. It's going to cost this much. And it's going to take a little bit of, you know, again, it's going to take a while to figure out. And so, you know, just because I set that expectation doesn't mean I shouldn't over communicate through the process. So what have I been doing consistently? I will get in touch every couple days because to a client, it's kind of like whenever you're on hold, you ever been on hold and they have the little like music HubSpot has those like pop jams that, you know, make me want to bash my head through a wall. Uh, You know, (laughs) some people just have random silence, you know, but Whenever you're on hold, one minute feels like one hour. And for a client who knows you're working on something, one day equals a week. So, you know, every couple days I will get in touch and say, hey, still working on it, getting closer, just like we thought, you know, man, do I have I been going through the cup of coffee? So always adding like a little smile moment, but just kind of saying, hey, I'm working on it. Just want you to know I'm working on your behalf, but it's still going. You don't want a client to say, I wonder if A, he's done with that or she's done with that or if they're done with that or B, they're still working on it. The moment they have to, to wonder is a bad point. So the goal of over-communication is to prevent that question mark from ever arising above the head of a client. And so another thing is whenever you, com- you complete a task on the back end that you might not think is very you know substantial like – you know, oh, I just set up a 301 redirect for X, Y, and Z because, you know, something went was taken away. That's something I would communicate. Say, hey, we just set up X, Y, and Z because, you know, if one day the client says, well, what have you done for me lately? And you lay out that list then, honestly, it's too late and they're not going to hear it at all. Yeah. And so bit by bit, letting them know that you're on their side, you're working for them, even if you haven't done anything, communicate the progress and if you have done something that you don't think is very, you know, important, let them know anyway. It's not this TMI situation like, hey, I just went to the bathroom. Not that. We're talking about, you know, hey, we just did this or we're still working. I love it, Ben. Those are five things that you can do to prevent flare-ups, client fires before they even happen. Take on the right clients. Set the right expectations. Use rock-solid contracts. Set up regular meetings and over-communicate at every crossroads. Implement these things into your system and into your process, and you are going to be on your way to delivering an even higher level of delight than you do today for your clients. Thank you for listening to The Happy Client Show. You can find the notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash happy. That's doinbound, all one word, dot com slash happy. Today's show is sponsored by Do Inbound the world's first process and project management platform built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review of the show to help spread the happy client show vibes.